Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, Spiritual Maxims, Chapter 1, Principles. Everything is possible for one who believes, still more for one who hopes, even more for one who loves, and most of all for one who practices and perseveres in these three virtues. All the baptized who are true believers have taken the first step along the way of perfection and will become perfect as long as they persevere in the practice of the following maxims. We must keep our eyes fixed on God in everything we say, do, or undertake. Our goal is to be the most perfect adorers of God in this life, as we hope to be throughout eternity. We must make a firm resolution to overcome, with God's grace, all the difficulties inherent in the spiritual life. When we undertake the spiritual life, we must seriously consider who we are, recognizing that we are worthy of all scorn, unworthy of the name Christian, and subject to all kinds of miseries and a multitude of setbacks. These disturb us and make our health, our moods, our inner dispositions, and their outward manifestations changeable. In all, we are persons God wants to humble by means of a multitude of internal and external troubles and trials. We must believe that it is advantageous for us and pleasing to God to sacrifice ourselves to him, that it is normal for his divine providence to abandon us to all sorts of trials, miseries, and temptations for the love of God and for as long as he likes. Without this submission of heart and mind to the will of God, devotion and perfection cannot endure. A soul depends on grace in proportion to its desire for greater perfection. God's help is necessary at every moment because without it, the soul can do nothing. The world, nature, and the devil, together wage war so fiercely and so relentlessly that without this special help and this humble, necessary dependence, they would carry off the soul against its will. This seems contrary to nature, but grace finds pleasure and peace therein. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, Apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, 
pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are jumping around in the various sections of the practice of the presence of God. We have to remember that this book, as we have it, did not get published by Brother Lawrence in his own lifetime. He didn't give us a manuscript that had all these sections together. They were put together um, partly by an editor. And um, we looked at his letters. It's a great introduction to his life. We've looked at spiritual conversations that the editor reports to have had with him. Uh, but these sections here seem to be a spiritual maxims, things that Brother Lawrence himself wrote. These really are the core of his teaching. And this first chapter has been a great difficulty for editors, translators, because it's a little bit of repetition with the fourth conversation. In fact, exact, seems like exactly the same words are used. And so it may be that the editor um, may have added some of his own words or may have may have modified this first chapter. Um, we don't exactly know, but we don't really have to know, but it is worth noting there's a bit of repetition. Now, it is just possible that Brother Lawrence himself was repeating himself. Intentionally, I mean. Because every teacher knows that the mother of all learning is repetition. And oftentimes, if we hear something only once, we may not think it that important. Oh, yeah, okay. But if we hear again and again, well, then we really begin to sit up. Aha, this is, keeps coming up. It must be very important. St. Peter even says something similar in one of his letters. It's good for you to hear this again, he says. And it's good for me to repeat it. And the wisdom that's found with Brother Lawrence is often worth repeating. And any book that's worth reading is worth reading a second and third time. And so the advice in this little chapter, this opening chapter of his spiritual maxims about our dependence on grace, about the primacy of faith, hope, and charity, this can never be forgotten. Yes, prayer arises from our daily experience. Yes, prayer arises from reading the scriptures. Yes, prayer arises from the liturgy, from the worship of the church, which God is speaking to us and we begin to respond because prayer is that living relationship, that ongoing conversation. But there can be no prayer. There can be no real contact with God without sanctifying grace in our souls and without there being faith in our intellect by which we know God as he is. You can't have an ongoing relationship with someone you don't know. And we cannot please God without faith. And there would not be an ongoing relationship with God 
if we were not confident that he cared for us? If we weren't confident that he would help us, why ask for something from God if you don't hope in him? And so at the foundation of prayer is hope. Hope in God, hope that he will help, hope that we can obtain him, and a trust, a confidence in his goodness. But above all, we would not have any living relationship with God if we weren't already in union with him, if we weren't in a relationship with him. And we are not in relationship with God without love. Love is what makes faith and hope living, active. And it's the union with love with God that then becomes the foundation for all of our prayer. Even reading is prayer insofar as oriented towards love. Thinking, meditating becomes prayer when it's oriented towards love. Growing in love for God. And we even want to pray because we love him. Because we want to do his will. And his will is that we pray. Pray always, Jesus says, and do not lose heart. Pray always and do not lose heart. Okay, so this foundation of grace, this foundation of the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, that can't ever be forgotten. But what he does add here that was not in anything previously is the world the flesh, or as he says, nature, and the devil. The world, nature, that is fallen nature, or as St. Paul calls the flesh, and the devil, they're waging war against us. The devil, St. Philip Neri likes to say, tries nothing so much as to hinder prayer. The devil does not want us to pray. He wants to distract us. He wants to tell us why we can't pray. He wants to do anything to keep us from praying. Relentlessly, fiercely. And so we need to rely on God's grace if we're ever going to overcome the devil. And we should not be surprised that there are obstacles to prayer, that we have to fight to pray, that we have to carve out time for God, that we have to make decisions. We have to say no to things. Because prayer is about a living relationship with God. And in every relationship, we have to prioritize the other. And so often relationships go bad because one person feels like the other doesn't care. And why does the other person think that her boyfriend, her spouse doesn't care? Because he doesn't make time. He doesn't set apart time. Everything else seems to have a priority over you. Well, God is a person and he loves it. We make time for him. Even at the highest points of contemplative prayer, 
We have to make time for God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.